Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk to Success podcast. I'm your host, Dre, joined as always by my co-host, Paul. Good afternoon. How's it going today? Great. It's been a fun, fantastic day so far. <laughs> Absolutely. A little rainy, dreary, and foggy this morning, but hey, we make it exciting here. Yeah, it was foggy last e- yesterday evening, um, which was pretty crazy because it's it was weird to me how foggy it was in the evening, just at like six o'clock. Uh-huh. So, um, you sleep all right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Garmin told me I didn't, but I think Garmin's tripping as yeah. always. Or Garmin, they all, they all tell you all <laughs> kinds of things. Right. All right. You want to hear a cricket's joke today? I do. Why do melons have weddings? I don't know. Because they can't elope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So excited for her in that segment. I'm glad I saw her yesterday. She looked like she had a tough workout. It was uh, this week's been exciting in the strength classes, building uh, building some strength, and they've had a few weeks of some base pieces and. Yep. And that's actually, so that's actually what we're going to talk about uh, today, everyone. Uh, so today's topic is going to be strength classes, uh, what we do here, why we like them, why they're Dre's favorite thing to do, favorite workout, all that kind of stuff. Um, so what do you want to start with, Paul? Well, I think the, the biggest piece that, that I want people to understand about our strength classes is um, let's remind everybody about my lens. Okay, so my lens, I'm an athletic trainer, so I looked at um, strength and flexibility and fitness through the, the medical lens for a, a lot of years. And so as I designed these classes, a lot of the things that I would do as rehab or as maintenance with uh, athletes who were either injured or had little nagging things going on, that's a lot of the stuff that we do in class. Now, when I start talking about maintenance and uh, rehab type stuff, uh, a lot of people start rolling their eyes like, oh, boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can't be exciting. And, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. But if we can get those foundational pieces where they're moving well, that we're efficient in those things, and those things are givens in terms of our functional strength, yeah. there are so many other things we can do on top of that. So that's the, that's the baseline of everything we do is, is making sure that your body moves in, in the right way. And, and what is the right way? The right way is that you've got a certain motor firing pattern that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Muscles have to fire in the right sequence, and the right muscles need to be doing that action. So we, we get those two things under control. A lot of other things take care of themselves. And, and so they need to fire in the right sequence for what? I'm, I'm just asking for Yeah, the so and probably the easiest way to, to describe this or demonstrate it is if you're looking at a baseball pitcher, mm-hmm. they've got to get you know, the, the body moving in a, a sequence so that the last thing that... Uh, uh, touches that ball is the tips of the fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little whip action. Yeah. So they get the bigger uh, uh, parts of their body moving first. And in this case, it would be the leg and the, the momentum of the uh, of their body leaning forward. And then they start doing a little trunk rotation. Arm starts moving forward. The elbow starts extending. The wrist starts getting into flexion. The last thing is those fingers touch the ball. So it's a, it's a whipping action. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen uh, younger kids try to throw, and, and if they're out of that sequence, it doesn't go very far. The ball's thrown in a lot of different directions, and yeah. and it just looks very um, not smooth. Okay. And so the if we get that motor firing pattern better and in a better sequence, it looks like a very fine tuned whip, and it, there's okay. a lot of power on that ball, and it moves different directions. 
Gotcha. That makes sense. So with the strength classes, then you said um, it comes; they kind of come from your background and history. How do you plan the strength classes? Then is my first question. Yeah, there, there's. Uh, wow, um, I'm not sure we can really describe that in, in this hour. Mm-hmm. But the biggest piece, the biggest piece of that is, I start everything by the from the inside out. Okay, so inside out means uh, your core, um, your trunk going into flexion, your uh, your hip flexors, your obliques, the uh, abdominal muscles on the sides. You've got all the posterior chain muscles. Really focus on that stuff first, and then. Once we've got it done, then we can go on to do other things uh, with your arms and your legs and, and that sort of thing. Whether that's pure strength, whether we're talking about endurance, whether we're talking about some sort of fatigue resistance, whether we're talking about a balance, stability. Um, and then we just um, put a little sequence together with those things. And uh, the time of year affects those things. Uh, individuals' um, fitness affects those. Their desire, their goals of what they're trying to accomplish affect all those pieces. Mm-hmm. But it all starts on the inside out, making sure that you can be stable and balanced as we're putting those things together. Yeah, so actually I was going to, you said it, I was going to ask time if time of year mattered. You have, um, I guess, general generalizations for the strength classes in the time of year, if that makes uh, sense. Yeah, I mean, it, or it's, a structure. It, just depends, it just depends on where they're at. And so it's probably easier to talk about if we had a, a novice come in, and, mm-hmm. and let's—I'm um, going to use an adolescent. Okay, so it's it's an easiest, it's an easier example, perhaps. So let's say we have a a 10, 11, 12 year old come in, and, mm-hmm. and, and I use that age range because there's a lot of different um, developmental ages and milestones that happen there. Yeah, in in that age group, I'm teaching them motor development, how to move their body, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that firing sequence we were talking about. It's that stability piece. They haven't had a chance to, to learn bad habits like some of us who mm-hmm. aren't 10 or 11, 12 might have done. And so as they come in, uh, really take an assessment of uh, how do they do a plank, okay? And you know what is really being used as they're holding their body up or how they're actually doing a single leg glute bridge or how they're al- actually balancing on one leg and trying to figure out what muscles are doing that action. Are those the muscles that are supposed to be doing that action? Mm-hmm. Um, What's the sequence if we put any motion to those stability planes, positions? And then once we have all that answered, then we start progressing them, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we put that on in time of year, if we've got somebody that's just getting started, usually it's the winter. You know, people make it, made their, yeah. have made their goals and decide what they want to do, and they've got to get a base in. And so you know, you're developing that base first, and base usually happens in the winter, early spring. And then as you get the base going, then we start uh, putting a little bit more uh, pure strength, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you get that done, we go into whether it's endurance or speed or agility or what are the other things that they need specific to them, specific to their sport or activity. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so we, you know, we typically have many people in the strength classes, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, it can be 10, 15, 20 sometimes. Well, um, yeah. we, we try to keep them, you know, 15 is that nice sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there are times when we have a few more, and, and, and that's that's always exciting. And um, But I think your question you're going to ask, I'm going to read your mind here for a second. Yep. I think your question is, you know, how do we apply that to all those different individuals uh, if we're trying to accomplish one thing? Right? Correct, yep. And so uh, we may have a theme that we're trying to accomplish that day, and, and let's pick. Um, 
squat strength. Mm -hmm. Squat strength. Some people aren't ready to go for squat strength, and so they're going to uh, back off and they're going to work on their stability, their balance, their form, their technique. Some people um, are going to pick up a, a, a light dish weight. We'll use a percentage of their body weight. Maybe they're going to pick up 25% of their body weight mm -hmm. and, and hold that as they do a squat. Others might pick up as much as 100% of the body weight, depending on how strong they are and what, what their goal is. So we may have 10 people in class doing a squat strength maneuver 10 different ways. Yeah. And one of the things that, that we really try to, to do here is I don't want to come in and, and just uh, bark commands. Hey, do this activity at this intensity and be a, a cheerleader or rah-rah and, and just push people because then they forget their form of technique. But when they come in, we do a, a, a lot of emphasis on form, technique, getting people to, to really know whether they're using their body appropriately, um, what it feels like when they are using their body appropriately, what it feels like when they're not using their body appropriately to move through these sequences. That way we can uh, have a collaborative teamwork approach as we're doing this. Because mm -hmm. if, if people come in and, and they just um, expect the drill sergeant to, to bark orders and, and then, uh, sir, may I have another? That, that's, that's good in some places. Um, and to be honest, when people have been at those other places like that, they usually end up here doing rehab because they've gotten hurt because they haven't mm -hmm. paid attention to their form of technique. Um, so I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to break. So I need to teach them how to read their body. I need to teach them how to do those maneuvers. Um, we are watching. You know, we're, you know, you'll, you'll hear me give feedback pretty much constantly throughout classes of reminders of positions, reminder of um, what they're supposed to be feeling and where it's going on so they can check in with their bodies as they mm -hmm. go through. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit on one of the topics that's kind of not really well known or maybe there's some um, misinterpretations or misconceptions on it with like the weights or percentage of weights. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we'll have people that are scared to pick up big weights because yeah. they think they're going to get huge um, or <laughs> some of them <laughs> like to say huge right. uh, for me. So can you explain that a little bit just for the general listener? Because, um, I mean, obviously I know that we might know about it, but they might not. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm going to get stereotypical here and talk about our um, our ladies. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are, are some individuals who don't want to lift weights because they're afraid of getting too much definition. Yeah. Or getting too much size and they're going to look alike and they have this list of descriptors of what they don't want their arms to look like because it it looks too and they'll have different words here it'll right. look, they look too big they look too <clears throat> manly they look too whatever the the reality of, of it is um, most people and i don't have a, a a good percentage here but an overwhelming majority can't lift intensely enough or heavy enough to truly get there mm -hmm. now there are a few that um are i'm gonna call them gifted that they look at a weight and they'll they'll build a muscle. Mm -hmm. But most individuals, their chemicals, um, you know, especially once they've got past the teens and early twenties, they're not going to generate um, muscle building as much as as they think they would. Yeah. Um, so we we encourage people to pick up weights. It does a lot of stuff. It slows down any osteoporosis stuff. It makes the bones a lot stronger. It makes them stronger. They move better. They feel better. They're less likely to get hurt. They're more resilient. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that happens when you actually pick up a weight. But the, you do not have to pick up a weight to get stronger. Okay. And so there's a, 
we want people to, to get strong enough to pick up more weight. Mm -hmm. and, and people are fearful that if they pick up weights, they're going to get bulky or, um, quote, too manly. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about our, our female um, class goers, that sort of thing. But it's really not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, some people want to pick up weights, and I'm like, don't pick up weights. You're not ready to. You don't have the strength. You don't have the coordination. You don't have the motor firing sequence. You're going to get hurt, or the risk of you getting hurt is higher than it needs to be. Yeah. So is that just using body weight then? With yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. So if we use body, there's a, some individuals, uh, I had an example this morning. Mm -hmm. We had a, a, a small group that was working out, and they invited a, a friend a friend, you know, these individuals are uh, young 30s. Um, mm -hmm. They invited a, uh, a couple guys. They're, they're fairly fit. They invited a buddy who's younger than them who, to look at him, looks more fit than they are, looks stronger than they are. He you know, has some well-defined muscles. His first activity, he's gasping for breath and um, literally taking a knee. And the first activity, you know, we had done the core work, so it's about, about 15 minutes in, uh, and we started doing some squats. And I asked him to pick up 25% of the body weight. Mm -hmm. This individual goes, I squat, and he had some big number that right. squats. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, well, just 25% of your body weight, put them in, your, in the dumbbell. So it's really 12.5% in each hand, mm -hmm. right? Right. To, to get your 25. And then we're going to do sets of 10 with a short rest interval. Okay. So it was really form based. There is, Fairly uh, short rest interval. It's going to get some cardio going. It was, it was a really short circuit. Um, they were going to do uh, 10 to 15 reps, yeah, really targeting that 10 area, but a couple of them wanted to go to 15. They've been doing it longer. And they were going to take the same uh, time that it took them to do those 10 to 15 reps as their rest interval. Mm -hmm. We did three rounds. By the third round, his breathing rate is up. You can see him um, just take that knee. The, the reason is uh, he's used to lifting some heavy weights and then taking a couple minutes recovery. He doesn't affect his heart rate. He doesn't get those other pieces up. And then he's just able to recover so much faster and so much better. So why would someone that's in such good shape or perceivably good shape get so lightheaded or fatigued that quickly? Yeah. So that's, that's another thing that we look at with this, right? You were talking about how to design it and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people come in with great muscular strength mm -hmm. and then, but they haven't worked on cardiovascular fitness. They haven't worked on endurance. They uh, have worked different energy systems or, or just a energy system and really haven't looked at a, all the different energy systems. And so that's how, that's how we start putting it together too, is just because you've got good strength or good aerobic capacity or uh, good speed, mm -hmm. you know, we, we look at all those. And then as you get into a class, how do we apply that or, you know, where's your low-hanging fruit? How can you get better at those pieces? But when somebody comes in, and, and it's usually a guy on their first or second workout that's used to working out, they're used to lifting bigger weights, and we have them start um, reducing the rest interval and uh, less weight, that sort of thing. It hits a different energy system. They're not used to it. And about 15 to 20 minutes in, they start feeling the effects. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that's... Um, they need to take a knee or they need to get more rest interval or we just need to um, back them off. And um, to some people, it's counterintuitive. They're like, if I lift bigger weights, I'm better than if I lift body weight. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on what your goal is, what you're trying to do. But you should be doing all those relative to your fitness. Yeah. No, and just coming from me, like 
I didn't have to take a knee on my first day, but it was it was like <laughs> I was sweating, that's for sure, and I did not plan to like be drenched in sweat because like you said, it was totally different because I came from working out and lifting big weights and small weights. Um, and then I was slowly into um, the endurance world, just working out on my own. So it it's totally different <laughs> for those, for the listeners. Yeah. And, and so I see a lot of people, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or, or just in regular conversations, they'll go, where should I go work out? Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, put something up. We're in Carmel, so they'll put something in the, the Carmel Facebook page of um, uh, what's the best place to work out. Yeah. And then you see everybody uh, mentioning their gym. Mm-hmm. You know, so if right. you've got a participant that's going to, I'm not going to name anybody, but Club A, B, or C, mm-hmm. whoever's going to Club A thinks that's a good space. And so they say, right. come to Club A right. or come to, come to Club B or C, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And so the, the real question that needs to be asked is, what's that person trying to accomplish? Because just because right, you go to yeah. one gym, not all gyms are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not all styles of strength, not all styles of fitness, and not everybody that says functional strength does it the same way right. or, or is really doing functional strength. So, you know, individuals looking for strength programs or things to, to uh, help their fitness really need to uh, look around Mm-hmm. and see how it fits best into them. Here's my philosophy. If you can't control your core and you can't get your muscles to fire appropriately in the right sequence, you need to start there. Right. And I hear a lot of people go, yes, but I can mm-hmm. still squat. Right. I can squat a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can still bench press a lot. Yes, you can. Right. And just because you have a big squat or a big bench press doesn't make you a better runner, doesn't make you a better athlete, it makes you have bigger legs, right. and it makes you have a bigger chest and bigger arms, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. It doesn't always transfer into performance. Right. When you work on the things that are truly functional strength, you know, break it down, functional, you know, what are you doing, right. and, and building strength within that functional movement, mm-hmm. that's where we should be. A lot of people say that they do functional strength, and uh, and they'll do just squats, and they won't truly uh, work on the little muscles mm-hmm. or the firing sequence of those muscles or getting the posterior chain to work the way it's supposed to, those sort of things. And that's a, it's a bias that I have that um, if you want to get past your plateaus, if you want to continue to improve, you've got to continue to improve those pieces. Yeah. Then once you've got that, then add to it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, some people want a higher vertical. Great. Now let's build some strength. Let's build some power. Let's build some explosiveness. Some people want to get quicker. Awesome. Let's work on some quick feet. Let's work on, you know, getting that cadence to work. Let's get that turnover, that sort of thing. Some people want to have uh, a faster run, whether they're a, a 400 track runner or whether they're an Ironman athlete. Well, you still got to be able to put these things together because if you don't have these, this functional strength, you're going to break down. Uh-oh, here comes an injury. You're going to break down. Uh-oh, here comes poor performance yeah. slowing me down. Mm-hmm. Or, uh-oh, you get to be that person running toward the end of your race, and you're all slouched over, and you're barely moving, and your feet are barely going off the ground, and you're working really hard, but you look like you just been through the ringer. Yeah, no, I understand. No, I like that. I like that. I like, um, trying out different places, and you should be intentional, I think is what I got from that with your yeah. workouts for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so speaking of all that, you you mentioned a bunch of different things in there. Do you I, uh, do you have a favorite workout that you like? Yeah. I do. What's your favorite? It's workout? the one that puts me on my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there's uh, my my favorite workout. I like to do a lot of uh, core work. Obviously, um, the I like to work my legs a lot, mm-hmm. but that's what I what I do. I enjoy doing um, uh, some upper body stuff, but I'm better on the leg side. So the things that we tend to be better at are the things that we tend to like more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really like some of the core pieces and I like the, the legs. I got you. Awesome. And then so with that, yeah, so we've talked a lot about the strength and whatnot, um, just in general. You want to talk about how that transitions over into running because a lot of our listeners are yeah, absolutely. Runners. Absolutely. So if, if we, I'll bring somebody in mm-hmm. and I'll have them stand on, on one leg, right? And I'll have them switch legs and we'll compare how steady they are or how stable they are in that single leg balance. Most of them will stand up there for two to five seconds and then they'll start to bobble. Okay. Um, we'll try to figure out what that bobble is coming from. We'll figure out, uh, where did the tip or lean occur from? Is it coming from their foot? Mm-hmm. Is it coming out of their pelvis and hips? Not able to stabilize. Is it coming out of their core? But if if somebody's only able to stabilize for you know, less than five seconds standing there, they don't have much endurance. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it was two to five seconds of endurance of that muscle contracting to be stable, and it started falling in. When you're running, you're not on your foot for two to five seconds. That's a really long, really slow cadence if that's happening. But they've got the, the endurance isn't going to be there. So now they get a mile, two mile, three mile, whatever that distance is, they've fatigued and they're dropping inside. Their hips dropping, their ankles dropping, uh, something's happening inside there. And that's usually why they've been getting sore or hurt because they're not in good mechanical position. And if you know all those mechanical positions that I'm alluding to, if we go back and look at our running um, podcast from a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. that's the stuff I'm talking about. When, when you drop inside and and your IT band takes a little extra stretch with every step, or your foot's rolling in, and then that's affecting all the other things going up. If we can stabilize those pieces, we don't have the same risk of injury, and our performance stays high. Mm-hmm. But we start we start there in terms of seeing how somebody's uh, stability, uh, their muscular endurance, what that status is. If we can make that more stable for longer, we're, we're now affecting that performance, right? Mm-hmm. They're able to maintain that better posture, that uh, ability to stay mechanically efficient for longer, which means their performance is going to go up. Maybe along the, the lines in there, maybe they've got a motor firing sequence issue uh, that we can improve or that we can actually make happen to begin with. Mm-hmm. So... On runners, the motor firing sequence that I'm really talking about is I want those glutes to fire first, then the hamstring, then your calf, Achilles, a calf, all the stuff on the backside there, and then the foot and the big toe to push off the ground. If we get those things to fire in that sequence in that order, as the foot hits the ground and they start to pull it back, get the glute to happen, the hamstring, the calf to start uh, towing off, pushing off, the foot to flex to be stable, and that big toe to propel them as they're reaching into the next stride, um, that's a very good whip type action, like what we're talking with that baseball pitcher. Okay. The upper extremity. Yeah. So we work on the strength stability. 
we work on the motor firing sequence pattern, and then we get it to happen for longer. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, no, that all makes sense for sure. Cool. Um, so with that being said, I guess, is there anything you want to cover um, which, with the strength classes from there? Yeah, uh, um, I, I think just as a, I'm not sure if it's a summary or just to hit this point on there, if you're looking for a strength class to just get stronger, there's a bunch of them out there. Oh, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. A bunch of them. And, and if you're looking for a, a class to come in and sweat, there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> if your goal is to sweat, if your uh, goal is to just work the sexy muscles and, and make those bigger and stronger, you have a lot of options. When you're really looking for a place that can uh, give you functional strength, stuff that carries over into performance, things that truly reduce your risk of injuries, there's only a few places that um, do that consistently. Absolutely. And so look around, make sure that someplace that um, is meeting your needs, mm -hmm. um, and then go have fun. Yeah. And, and we all know that when I say fun about strength class and, and those kind of stuff, it's usually fun for me to watch you do this stuff. It's not, <laughs> as, not as fun for you actually doing this stuff. For sure. No, that's... <laughs> When I when I have my um, youth class that I teach, they'll be doing the workout, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not you guys right now, that's for sure, because I know what it's like. So, okay, awesome. Well, that was good um, on the strength classes. I want to go ahead and transition into our fun question segment. Actually, so, before we go there real yep. quick, can mm -hmm. we talk about the new classes that we're adding? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so our classes are uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it's 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 10 noon, 5 p.m., and then we have a youth class at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. we're, we're adding some classes on Tuesday, Thursdays. We've had a lot of our members uh, inquire about uh, Tuesday, Thursday classes. So we're going to have a 6 a.m. and a 6 p.m. class on, on Tuesday, Thursdays. Um, several different intents going on here, right? So if, if somebody that I'm coaching that's doing strength you know, two to three times a week, um, they're not likely to be going to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the Tuesday, Thursday classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But it gives them an option. Mm -hmm. There are some individuals who uh, the strength classes are their workouts. Right. They're not doing other things throughout the week. That's, that's their, um, their workout of the day. So now we have options that they can work out five days a week, um, doing different things, different goals, different strategies to make their body uh, improve, mm -hmm. work on their fitness, and, and meet their goals. No, yeah, absolutely, which is... Nice to have because that's what you know I used to do back in my day before I did all this endurance stuff. All so, this crazy endurance stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, yeah. So just like Paul said, six a.m., six p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays are now available. So come say good morning or good night <laughs> like this. Okay. Um, no questions from our listeners, so don't forget um, at the end of the podcast I'll mention it again. But send us your questions so I can get those to Paul and we can get those answered for you. So, would you rather, and uh -oh. would you rather, this one's like a, this one's a trendy one, um, just cause it's kind of, a, well it's a trend, so I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> would you rather be married to a 10, so a 10 out of 10 looking person, uh -huh. with a bad personality, or a six with an amazing personality? 10 bad personalities, six amazing. I don't know. I feel like I've got um, I've got the best of both worlds there right. in my true world. I know. Um, 
uh, personality. Okay. Personality. The six with a good personality? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Would you rather give up all drinks except for water or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven? So just remember what can be cooked in an <laughs> oven, like cookies. <laughs> so give up all drinks except for water or eat or anything that can be cooked in an oven. Um, well, I like to eat a lot, a lot more than I like to drink, so. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, when I just thought of cookies, I was like, there's no way I can. <laughs> Plus, I don't really drink anything else anyway, mm -hmm. so. All right, would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? So basically, would you rather go back to a younger age and know everything you know now or know everything in the future, essentially? Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool to be age five and know what the future held. Okay. Buy some Yahoo stock, you know, back in the 80s. I guess that makes sense. That, that's, <laughs> that was a good way to take it. I didn't think you were going to say that. All right, cool. Well, that'll be the last one for those as we get wrapped up here. Um, we're going to go ahead and hit our shout-out segment. Anyone you want to shout-out? Uh, actually, um, one in particular. I walk in this morning, and uh, Monica Frode is on the, on the bike in here mm -hmm. by herself. I walked in Tuesday morning. Monica Froat is uh, in here on the bike by herself, and you know there's a couple individuals that uh, uh, work out with her mm -hmm. at different times. She's been very consistent in trying to improve that run, improve that bike, uh, improve her fitness. She's been doing a really been doing a really good job lately. For sure, yeah. I saw her on the trail the other day, actually, uh, doing her run. Nice. So that was cool. Awesome. Well, shout out to her, and then I'm going to shout out the Constantinos and the Flanagans. So one, one time the high schoolers came in and I was sitting there and they saw this, this mug actually, and they saw it without these Garen stickers. And so the <laughs> high schoolers, you know, some of them go to Garen. So they got on me. They were like, Dre, I don't see any Garen on there. And they see, you know, Our Lady and PXP. So uh, I was like, well, nobody gave me any. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know how to get the stickers. Um, so shout out to them for giving me some um, Garen stickers and they got me some Garen swag um, and that was awesome but my favorite thing so this is for the Constantinos and the Flanagans so you probably you probably don't know this and I wouldn't recommend this for anyone else but for my <laughs> before my for my pre-race meals this whole in 2022 I decided to go to the Cheesecake Factory and uh <laughs> that explains a lot right there. yeah and so <laughs> And get, that's where I got my meals um, for my the day before races. But I PR'd in almost all my races last year. So I was like, I can't stop doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And so they got me some uh, Cheesecake Factory gift cards for Christmas. And, yeah, we just did our gift exchange. But mm -hmm. still, shout out to them because they know I love it. So so you're superstitious with your pregame meals and all that? You no, know, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> right. <at the> office. <laughs> Yeah, it's Michael Scott for you. All right, well, that's it, everyone. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode. We hope you enjoy it. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Hey, everyone, it's Dre here. I just wanted to say thank you all for being patient with us and listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate all your feedback and welcome it, as always. Don't forget to send me your questions so I can get those to Paul. We haven't had any in a while, so I just wanted to remind everyone Lastly, we just ask you that you leave a review, like, and share the podcast with your family and friends. 
Thank you all so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.